All right. Hey, what's up, guys? We have Andre here. He is a uh, blackjack card counter. How's it going, Andre? Good. How about yourself? Good. And so can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into card counting? Yeah. So I got into card counting in about the last year. I used to be a slot addict and then one time I dragged my friend to a casino and he brought me to the blackjack table. And I eventually started learning basic strategy and kind of watched a lot of YouTube videos about it and eventually got into card counting. So between, I want to say January to March this year, I started learning about it. And by April, I was an AP. And for a while, I was kind of making most of my income from it. So that's kind of my career in a nutshell. Okay, and about how much were you making from it? Um, at my peak, I was probably generating an EV of about $100 an hour. Oh, damn. So, so, yeah. why, have you, so why have you stopped? Uh, so my fiance, she's not really supportive of it. Oh, she's, damn. She, yeah, it's kind of a long story, but she's just like kind of kind of against it she doesn't really care that it brings in money she thinks that i can make money other ways and we went back and forth for a long time but for now i'm just kind of giving it up but we are planning to do an annual trip every year as a compromise because before she was saying that she'd be okay with me playing like once a month for only an hour and as we all know if you're a card counter it's not going to be worth only going one hour a month. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, damn, man. I mean, that's that's a bummer if you're making 100 an hour. I don't know, man. I'd, yeah. have, to, uh, I'd have to reconsider things. But um, so you're 25. You live in Washington, right? Yeah. Where in Washington? Uh, right now, I'm in Federal Way. Okay. I don't, I don't know where yeah. that is, but near Seattle oh, okay. or... Yeah, do you know any other city besides Tacoma? Or, Well, I know – I don't even know it that well. I mean, I know Tacoma. I've heard of Tacoma, but okay, is it yeah, – I'm, Yeah, I'm a bit between Tacoma and Seattle. Okay, okay. And what casinos do you play up there at? Or oh, where are you playing at? I, I don't know if I want to give away my secrets. Well, I mean, I think – nah, everyone knows at this point the Pacific Northwest, so – the casino I played at the most was Emerald Queen Casino. Has one of the best games in the country, I would say. It's got a good double deck game, 25 minimum, double after split, surrender. Uh, basically all the good rules except for um, resplit aces. It doesn't have that. But, yeah, and they're uh, pretty tolerant until they're not because they would let you play for a while, but then they just drop a trespass on people. But somehow I managed to get like 200 hours there and still never blew my cover there at all. Yeah, I mean, so are you, so are you pretty smart to begin with? I mean, it doesn't sound like you were doing this that long. Like you've only yeah. been doing this this year and then you've already stopped, right? So it's been less yeah. than a year. Yeah, I got in a lot of hours when I first started playing. 
because for a while it wasn't really working that much. And so I was able to just generate EV for my income. And then I got busy and then my girls started not liking me playing. But yeah, EQC was the place I played at the most. It was a... Okay, okay is that like a uh, Indian casino? Yeah. Yeah, almost all the casinos here are tribal. But uh, like any casino with a slot machine, they're all tribal. But there are some card rooms that are commercial. But most of the good games are tribal because usually the penetration is bad on the commercial places. What do you mean by the penetration? Is that like where they cut the cards or whatever? Yeah, or? where they cut off the card. Yeah, okay. usually at like like a lot of the well i guess depends on which casino you go to but like i'd say like a eqc i'd get good penetration but like if i went to a commercial place most of dealers will only give like maybe 75 percent penetration okay and what do you mean what do you mean by commercial because it's it's illegal in washington right isn't gambling gambling illegal in washington gambling is legal in washington but like only the lottery and card rooms but slot machines are legal on tribal land but like the only gambling you're going to see outside tribal casinos is going to be the lottery and poker and some table games like blackjack and maybe spanish 21 so they do have blackjack Besides any casinos in Washington. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it's only certain games are legal there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, no machines are allowed outside of tribes. Okay. And um, did you ever have any luck at machines, slot machines? I mean, I know there's no beating those, right? Pretty much. There, there are ways to beat slot machines, but not in Washington because most of the advantage slots the tribal casinos would put in a different kind of software to make it so that they weren't advantageous at all, except for like one slot machine. Well, how would they even be advantageous, the slots? Like, how would you beat them? So there's like a lot of games where um, like, you know, like a lot of slot machines, they have a wild symbol and that makes like, so let's say there's like this one game called Ocean Magic by IGT. And so usually most of them is like a really long slot machine, but some of them was like a regular three by five. But there'd be like this bubble. It'd start off on the bottom of the screen. And each time you spun it, it would go up by one. And if there was a special symbol that landed on top of it, it would expand the bubble and make everything around the bubble a wild symbol. So that would that would be pretty worth playing, depending on how big the bet was and how much bankroll you got. But okay, yeah, but it, yeah. But you said but, that you weren't you weren't you can't beat that in Washington, right? Because no, not no, not in okay. Washington. There's not really okay. many advantage play slots. You'll find a lot of those in Vegas. Okay, and then what about yeah. your real? Do you have a, a, a regular job? Yeah, I'm in the army. Oh, you're in the army. Yeah. Like currently. Yeah, right now. Okay. So what does that mean? Are you 
Or like you're actually okay. You're actually in the army. Yeah, I'm a reserve okay. soldier, but I'm working full time at the moment. Okay, so you're actually like on a base there in Washington. Yeah, at Fort Lewis. Okay, okay. Are you from Washington? Yeah, I grew up here. Okay, okay. All right. Yeah. So, do you play? Do you play poker too? I have a buddy that I play poker with, but I'm not really good at it. Like, okay. I'll go to like a couple tournaments. I've only been to like three or four at this point. But okay, we'll just we'll just stick to blackjack then. So, starting yeah. with blackjack, um, how did you get your start? And then also, how did you build up a bankroll? Because what what's your minimum bet that you were doing? At my peak, I was doing twenty five dollar minimum. Okay, so yeah, how did you get started? How did you learn? I had one other guy, but this isn't like a blackjack podcast. So I had one other guy on talking about it. I play poker, so I'm not like a blackjack expert or anything. Oh, um, okay. Oh, so you don't know a whole lot about blackjack? No, I mean, I, I've well, played before. I know how to play by the book. Okay. I was playing for a while just by the book. But as you know, like you still lose 1% or whatever playing by the yeah, book. Like so, half a percent on the, on the average game. Yeah, so I never was card counting, but I've wanted to learn, and I play poker a good amount. So any type of edge that I can get in the casino, I'll obviously yeah. try to take advantage of. But so I was talking to him, and he, he didn't really explain necessarily how he did it. But so, yeah, one, how did you get into it? And then also, have you been kicked out? You said there was some trespassing in the one casino. Have you had any crazy stories where you got kicked out or anything? I've only been backed off twice, which is kind of kind of impressive for – the seven months I played, six or I don't know how many months I played exactly. I guess I started in April or March, but yeah. So yeah, I've never been trespassed. I've just only been asked to get kicked out. So my first back off was uh, in Vegas at um, a casino called El Cortez. It's kind of funny because I guess it's kind of a, it's kind of like a practical joke to tell new counters that, oh, El Cortez is the best casino you can go to. But the, so, uh, you know how most um, casinos, when they do blackjack, they have multiple decks, right? Well, El Cortez yeah. is a single deck game. And the less cards there are, the better your odds are of winning. So your edge is a whole lot significant. So I go to El Cortez and I like the count starts getting high and I raise my bets. And then right away, the pit boss comes to me and he just tells me, hey, no more blackjack for you. Just color up now. And it just like it just happened so quickly. I was like, what the hell happened? But so colored up i was down 600 bucks that's what shocked me i didn't think i'd be backed off for being down but it, it feels like from what i've heard from back offs is that they usually back you off when you're down more than i wonder up. i wonder why that is i think it's because casinos that they realize that you're counting um i think i think their thought process behind it is um if you're down and they know you're counting, then they're not going to want you to get that money back. 
Okay, I was also thinking maybe it would be a little bit easier to get you out of there. Like if you're if you're down, you're just kind of like fuck it, you know, I'll leave. But if you're up, you're like yeah. gonna be like, no, I want to stay, you know, like yeah. I mean, something like that. Right. Yeah. Well, it's kind of if there's other people there, it's easier to kind of kick people out when they're up because other players might be like, oh, like he's counting. Yeah, they some some people don't like counters. They're like, oh yeah, he deserves it. He's he's cheating the system. But um, if you're up and you get kicked out, that happens. But um, let's say if you're down, like down like a few hundred bucks and you get backed off and all the other players are just kind of confused. They're like, I'm also down, but he's down. And why is he getting kicked out? Like he's losing money. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. So you took a trip down to Vegas to go to this El Cortez. Yeah. And where is El Cortez? Is it kind of like off the strip? It's um, in uh, Fremont, so downtown Vegas. Okay. okay. Yeah. And is it so is it Vegas. really a, is it like a was it an actual practical joke or is it really a good casino for counting as long as you don't get kicked out? It's not a good casino to count unless if you have a really good cover. But yeah, they they're notorious for backing people off. So so yeah. it really was somebody that kind of like playing a trick on you to go there. Yeah, like I think like people aren't lying when they say it's legitimately a good place to count for Vegas at least, but also you're not going to get that much time in, so it's not worth walking or driving <laughs> all the way down to El Cortez just to get kicked out within five minutes of playing. Yeah, well, I have heard that some of the smaller casinos are better, at least for I think it's mainly for slots, probably because they're like quote-unquote like percentages are higher because they want more people to come this is like what my dad told me but he's a he plays slots and so he's into like going to these like smaller ones but it's like yeah i think you can in vegas you can look up their payback percentage at each casino so they usually have to submit some kind of report to the government and so they have to like submit all this data and then i don't know if it's always public but you can always ask the casino but i know that the higher denominations so like if you play like a penny slot you're not going to get as good of odds as like a dollar machine because because you're betting more so they're more willing to give you that better advantage or at least less of an advantage for the house i should say because you're still kind of giving them that money at the same rate or even more, but. And then yeah. also like if you max bet, it's better for slots than if you don't max bet, but. Usually it, if the slot machine tells you that you have better odds at max bet, then yeah, but the bet doesn't always necessarily mean that you're going to do good unless if it tells you. Yeah. So that El Cortez trip, did you end up going to another casino to play or what did you end up doing? Yeah. So this was back in April. So pretty early on in my career. So I just basically started figuring out how to be a more efficient counter at this time before I was kind of a bit sloppy. But by the time I got to this Vegas trip, I got there. So I went down to Vegas with my mom. And so 
I was waiting on my mom and I decided, hey, let me just play this penny slot machine. And um, so I'm just like spending $2.50, not that much money. But then I land a $4,800 jackpot. So all of a sudden I got all this extra bankroll. <laughs> I shouldn't have gotten I only put in a hundred bucks and I get $4,800. I already bought like a few thousand dollars with me. So like I basically doubled my bankroll, but even like $2,000, that's not that much money for a card counter, but that's how much I brought for that trip. And so I guess um, one thing I should mention here is that a lot of the blackjack tables in the strip in Vegas are starting are starting to get worse for counters because you know when you get a blackjack it normally pays uh, three to two when you get that natural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they started changing the ratio to six to five. Yeah, so, yeah. So they had the six to five tables, and I I sat at one so that my risk wasn't that high but then i didn't realize that it would paid six to two because i didn't see anything on the table that said that so i get my first blackjack and i got a ten dollar bet and i only get like 12 bucks and i'm just like really like this that's it like where's the good table and so the guy points over to the other side of the casino and he tells me there's a 15 dollar table over there that pays three to two so I'm like, okay, sweet. I got this. And so and where, where where was this at? Oh, this was at uh Park MGM. Okay, so was this after the El Cortez thing? You didn't go here? This was at the beginning of my Vegas trip. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so El Cortez happened the next day. So go back to Park MGM. I sit at the $15 table. And this dealer just keeps asking me for tips and he's starting to piss me off. I'm like, I don't want to tip you now. If I'm going to tip you, I'm going to do it at the end of my session. And he's just like banging his tip jar at the, or not the tip, the box that they hang at the table. He's just like, he's just going like, and then it's like, he's like, Hey, you better pay me. And I said, Hey, how about, how about I go to a different table? And I see there's not really any other games, but then I look at the, there's a high limit room and I got the $4,800. <laughs> so I'm like, I go in, there's like no one in there. I'm like, this is perfect. Oh. Like I can just play heads up with the dealer, get all this EV in. And I sit down and I buy it for a thousand bucks. And then I look at the minimum, the hundred dollars for the minimum. And I'm like, okay, like I just got this jackpot. Like, what's a thousand dollars gonna do? Like, I can just go back to the lower limit tables. It, but it was a really good game. It had surrender offered. So, do you understand what surrender is? Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I'll take advantage yeah. of surrender whenever I can. Yeah. So I didn't know surrender deviations <laughs> necessarily, but I knew to surrender sittings against ten always. But I think I surrendered too much, but I ended up making like $7,000 from this session. And like, I still wasn't the perfect counter at this time. I was still pretty new, but like, I still knew how to like, 
convert the true bets and like most of the illustrious 18 deviations and i ended up making seven grand and then i was like sweet like i got all this money to just like kick vegas ass but then so the next day i show up at el cortez it took me like two hours to find the casino because i was looking on google maps like el cortez is this way but like i keep getting taken to the wrong street so and then i get kicked out within five minutes so i go down the street to stratosphere and then i end up losing more money there so i kind of had a little bit of a losing streak by the end of my uh my vegas trip but um my my profit for that whole trip was like six thousand bucks which isn't bad not bad at all (laughs) not bad at all how long were you there for a couple days yeah just like three days okay and yeah and most of the money you won was from that high limit room how how long did you play for overall that high limit room i made that money like most of that money in like one hour damn so i mean yeah so it probably really wasn't about the card counting. It was probably just more luck, right, in that well, session? Yeah, it was really good variance. Because, like, yeah. I know for sure I wasn't playing perfect. And, like, I was probably surrendering way more than I should have. But, like, I just, like, it just worked out for me that, like, it just kind of landed in my lap. It just kind of came easily. Yeah. And yeah, so you were, be- yeah. you were betting a minimum of 100 a hand in that high limit yeah. room. And then yeah. were you were you going up to like 200 or 300 or, or how were yeah. you differing your yeah. bets? Yeah. So that set that first session I played in that high limit room, I had a max bet of $400 on one hand. This is um, before I started playing on two hands. I thought one hand was better at the time, but so I was at a high $400 hand and then I had to buy the insurance because, you know, in basic strategy, you don't ever buy insurance. But when you're counting cards, when the count gets high enough, you do buy insurance. And so I had $400 out and lost the insurance. And then I busted my hand trying to beat the dealer's ace. And I lost 600 bucks. I was like, you know what? Like, I'm up a significant amount of money. People don't even make this much money in two months sometimes. So like, I'm just going to take this money and leave. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so how does I, the, how does yeah. the, insurance? I, I just never take insurance. How does the insurance work again? Like if they have an ACE, you can buy insurance. And then if they, yeah, yeah how does it work again? If you can explain that. Yeah. So insurance. Uh, so you put, you can buy insurance to up to half of your bet. And if you got two hands of the same bet, then it's basically like a third bet and you just buy it for both of them. But so if you buy the insurance and the dealer has a 10 underneath the ace so that they got a blackjack, then you basically break even. It's a push for you. But if you don't, if you don't win the insurance, then you lose half of your bet already. Okay, so if 
okay so okay so if they have the blackjack they have the ace 10 then then what was it again sorry um yeah so if they do have a blackjack then <laughs> you get so this always this throws game. me off for some reason yeah so let me try to explain this in numbers so if you got um ten dollars and the dealer asks for insurance and you buy it so you put five dollars at the side bet so you'll see where it says insurance pays two to one it's like like a arc and you put it in the arc and so if the dealer does have a blackjack then the dealer's gonna give you back fifteen dollars so you put a total of fifteen dollars on the table and you get back fifteen dollars so you break even yeah okay but then if you if you don't buy the insurance and the dealer has it then you're gonna be down 10 bucks and then um and then if you buy the insurance and the dealer doesn't have the blackjack then you're going to be down five dollars from the start okay and let's see here yeah i i have some i have some crazy vegas stories that like one of them i mean i i shouldn't even go into but like well um for one, the last time that I like when I when I play blackjack, I like to play like really low stakes. So the last time, or one of the times that I went there, I normally play poker, but like after poker, I'll go play blackjack. And so at the um, one of the times I went there, I ended up going to Circus Circus because they had three dollar minimum bet. Oh, and wow. I was I actually was doing I I do the it's stupid I know and it doesn't work, but I did like them. I had this like variation of the Martingale betting thing where like every time I lose, I'll double my bet, but I'll only do that like three times. Mm-hmm. But there I feel like because the bet was so low, I was able to go like three, six, nine, twelve, or whatever. Three, six. Or I guess you double it. So three, six, twelve, twenty-four, whatever. Right. But I ended up doing pretty good. I and I felt like it was because I had like more breathing room with the betting. I don't know. But I've had some crazy experiences there in general that, yeah, I'm probably just better off not even going into. But um, yeah. So as far as you go, though, or so one thing I wanted to go over with the last guy was exactly how to card count. And we didn't go over that. So if you can try to explain in the simplest way how to do it and then also how hard is it like for one, are you, it sounds like you learned pretty quickly. I mean, if you've learned literally this year and then you were doing it this year, do you have to be like, are you pretty good with math? Are you pretty good with even if not math, like just keeping numbers in your head or whatever? Like, and then also how, how to do it. Yeah. Right. So if you passed fourth grade, you should be able to count cards. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's really as easy as fourth grade math because it's the most that you do in terms of math. Yeah, but it's, it's hard to, it's hard to, to memorize it, right? Right. Right. So I got, actually, I got a handy dandy bunch of cards right here. Right. So let's say. You can literally just show me how to do it then. Yeah. Yeah. With the cards. Okay. Right. Right. So every single, so let me, so the high cards, right, is tens and maces. Those are the good numbers. We card counters love that right but every time a 10 or ace comes out that lowers the card counters edge right 
and then so there's other numbers that raise your edge right like let's say if like a bunch of sixes are dealt then your edge is gonna go up and there's many different kinds of counting systems but the most common one that card counters were use is going to be the high low system because it's it's pretty easy to remember it's easy to use when you're doing teams oh that's my cat <laughs> <laughs> but it's pretty it's pretty easy like it's the so so the numbers that are going to raise your edge in the high low system is two three four five and six so each one of those numbers that come out you're gonna start what's called a running count and for each one of those cards your count goes up plus one and then seven eight and nine in the high low system is just zero you don't account for those those don't mean anything to you in terms of your running count and then all the tens and aces that's going to be minus one so what you do let's say let's say like i'm playing on two decks right so this is a two deck shoe and my running count is two well i got about two decks left i divide my running count of two by two decks remaining then that's going to give me a true one right and if my running count was at four, then I'd have a true two. And so the reason for having a true count, it's what gives you um, the information that you need for what, what's called a deviation. So, um, you know, like playing by the book, right? A basic strategy. Yeah. Yeah. So what deviations do is that you play beyond basic strategy and this is what starts to give counters their edge but what also gives the counters their edge is that when you use a true count for every true count that goes up you start adding in more money so let's say like i have a minimum bet of ten dollars true true count goes to one then i'm going to start betting 20 bucks in most counters, when it gets to a true two, they start playing with two hands if the table will let them. Because some casinos, they won't let you in the middle of the shoe go to two hands, but you can start off on two hands. But other casinos, they will let you move back and forth between two and one hand. It just, it just depends on the table rules. But yeah, so it's called a bet, that's called a bet spread. So the true count is what determines your bet spread. And so about each true count that you get is an extra half a percent edge for you. So at a true one, you're at a break-even game, essentially. And then true two is when you start gaining the edge over the casino. And that's why you would go to two hands because now all of a sudden I got two hands that have an advantage over the casino. And some people, they can go to three hands, but that's only if their max bet is above the table max. So they just go to three hands. But most people don't go to three hands unless if they got a really big bankroll. Okay, yeah, that already 
confused me. I think I get confused <laughs> more by kind of like the the uh, the words, I guess, than the math. If yeah. that makes sense. Like, yeah. um, but I think it's the type of thing where I would probably decide to practice. So, in terms of practicing, how did you practice? Did you use like an app, or do you just like like actually manually do it, or? Yeah. So how I first learned, like I learned basic strategy first and that honestly, that took me a really long time to remember compared to most people, because most people, they memorize it pretty quickly. It took me a pretty long time to get to learn it. But so I started off with like online trainers with basic strategy. And then there's a there's apps you can get. There's a one from Blackjack Apprenticeship on the, I think it's on the Play Store and the Apple Store. Yeah. I think the last phone. guy said, I think the last guy sent me the Blackjack Apprenticeship one. Yeah. It's like so, $5, right? Yeah. So you can do just basic strategy on that and then you can turn on the deviations and you have an option to toggle where it tells you the true count so that you can just practice the like remembering deviations and then after that you can hide the true count and you can do the true count in your head and it shows how many decks are left okay but, and one thing yeah that, okay and then one, one thing that makes it hard too is the more decks you have the more like division you have to do right so you were saying with two decks you only have to divide by two but if yeah, you get like six decks and you have to divide by six and that was the part that kind yeah. of that yeah that part threw me off but then also i think obviously i think i could do the math but it was like the remembering of everything like mm -hmm. that's yeah. remembering numbers in my head and like keeping them there because i get distracted yeah you know what it i mean it takes a lot of practice yeah yeah so if i so yeah if there, if you go to a casino like i i live i don't know if you know if you've ever been or if you know like southern california casinos like um there's like morongo pachanga um, do you know those casinos? I've heard of those casinos. Yeah. So if I go to one of those, are they, I, I feel like they have like six decks. Would, do you know if the, the, the normal is what like the normal would be? So most casinos for especially low limit or low stakes, they're probably going to do six decks or even eight decks sometimes. Which really sucks. I'll settle for a six deck game, but like eight decks is just kind of a pain in the ass. Because and yeah. also the guy, the last guy told me he'll, he'll like he'll never play six to five instead of three over three to two. Right? Is that is that right. true? Like, should you never play six six five for yeah, blackjack? You should, you should never play six to five because that that sends a really bad message to casinos because. The more people that play at six to five tables, the more that tells casinos like, hey, like these people don't really care about like how much a blackjack will pay. And then that's going to become the new normal. That's like kind of like like how blackjack used to stand. Uh, the dealer used to always stand on soft 17. But now if they have a soft 17, they hit it on most tables. So it's kind yeah, of like, so which one's better for that? It's better if they if they stay on soft 17 than than hit yeah. on soft 17. Yeah. Yeah, because you know how people say that 17 is a good number when you're like playing by the book. What do you what do you mean? Like 
Okay, or maybe I I shouldn't say like that. Like most people, like when you sit at the table, they'll say, "Oh, 17 is a good number." It actually isn't. It actually isn't a good number. Like you mean, 17 is a good number for for you to have, or for them to have, for the dealer to have, or for you to have. It's good for you if the dealer has. Well, I guess it depends on what you have, but um, 17 in general is not actually a winning number. Well, soft, either, soft 17 yeah. is good, right? Like if you have like a six, then that's good, right? It, it's or well, a if seven. You have it, if you have a soft 17, you're either going to always want to hit it or double it, depending on what the dealer has, because you're not going to win that much with a 17. Yeah, I know with with soft seventeen like a six or a seven. Well, one thing that confuses people with the book is I'll double with a seven against like three through if they have three through six. And a lot of the times, the people at the table are like, "What are you doing? Why are you why are you doubling right, your yeah. eighteen? And it's like, "Well, that's what you're yeah. supposed to do." So right? like they think, yeah, exactly. "Oh, like just stay on eighteen, but it's like no, doubling is better. Right. Um, I think in general, soft. I think it's the fact that it's soft 16 or 17 is good because then you have, you have multiple runs. Like you could, yeah, you, you could just get to 20 or 21 or you could get to like, I guess 12 or 13 and restart. I don't know. But anyways, yeah. um, I'm just talking about by the book. I don't know about, I don't know about card counting, but so the other guy also brought up um, like whole carding. Do you know about whole carding uh, at all? Yeah. I know a little bit about that. Yeah. Have you done that or any other ways of, of winning? that besides card counting mm, i kind of had an opportunity one time to hold card but i i fucked up <laughs> i <laughs> i was like i saw that the dealer had a 18 and i had like a i think i had like a 14 and a 16 and i tried to beat it and the count was high so i should have just uh geez my cat <laughs> but i should have <laughs> God, this cat loves me. But um, yeah, I should have just like since surrender was available, I should have just surrendered my 16 and tried to hit my 14, but instead I just like tried beating the dealer on both. And I ended up busting both my hands. Okay, so what was the situation on that one again? Yeah, so that the so the dealer, so you know how they put the the whole card underneath well the dealer went to go put it underneath the the exposed card but she ended up accidentally like flipping over and i saw eight show and then so like normally like if a dealer like accidentally flips over a card they just make that the top card if they didn't show the other card but she accidentally showed both cards but i made it look like i didn't see anything and she just like kind of looked around she's like okay he didn't see it but i definitely saw it but I still made the wrong decision at that point because I was just so excited to get the whole card because that was my first time doing a whole card strategy. So you thought because she showed the eight, it was better for you to hit since there was since now there's less high cards. Is that like the thinking behind it? Yeah, well, like there was I still yeah, there's like more tens than small numbers for sure. But like I thought, like since I saw the the whole card, like I could probably have a better chance of winning instead of just surrendering it. So what did you end up doing? You had what did you have? Fifteen, sixteen, and they had yeah, I had like a sixteen and a fourteen. And then they had what? Yeah. 
Yeah, so I I think I had my so it was a this game was a double deck game. In most double deck games, it's face down. So when you're doing two hands, you can only look at the first hand before, and you had to make a decision on it before you go to the other hand. And so my first one, it was a sixteen. So that one was the one with the sixteen. And I was just like, oh, this like, let me just try to beat it. And I busted it. And I was like, okay, let me go to this 14. And then hit it. And then busted that one too. I think it was okay to hit the 14, but the 16, I should have just surrendered it. And what did they have, a 10? Yeah, they had a 10 and an 8. But I think the 10 was on top. So yeah, like, it seems like some of the um okay, so they were showing the 10, but they had an eight below. Yeah. And you were were you saying this was one of those games where both of your cards were down, face down? Yeah, have you ever played? Yeah, how do those work? One at a time. What was that? What's the, like why why do they have because I've played those games before and I remember not liking it? Like, why do they do it that way? Why do they have both of them down like that sometimes? It makes it I think it's to oh, make so it maybe, harder for counters. Okay. So so yeah, that makes it harder for you to count, right? So how does that affect your counting if you can't even count other players like face up cards? Well, so what happens in a it's called in a pitch game. So they like you so like they throw it to you. It's called a pitch game. But so what they do is like if like another player busts and they're before you, they have to show their cards. And so you can count those cards up real quick. You can just like glance over. Oh, they had a they had a six ten eight. Okay, that add nothing. And then oh, this player had a two 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 five six. Okay, add four. Um, something like that. But yeah, but if you're first, like you just have to go off of what you know, and then you just wait for everyone at the table to be done and the dealer to show their cards and that's when you get a that's when you're gonna do the count and then adjust your bet according to the count okay so you probably have to that's another part of it that i think would be hard for me is you probably have to get to a point where like you automatically just notate in your head if it's two through four Mm -hmm. so if so it's two through four is 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 good for you or bad for you that's if they're showing if they show a two through a four it's usually good for you if they're showing it two through four. Or low or cards two through in general. Six. Two through yeah, six. two through six is good for the player normally. But it, it depends on the count. So, like, let's say, for example, in basic strategy, you would never hit a 12 against a four. But if the count is negative at all, in any scenario that it's negative, you're going to hit it. Okay, because you want you want more ideally a good count is when there's more tens in the deck, right? Because that's yep. That's more likely for them to bust, right? Yeah, and, it's more yeah. likely for them to bust. So the reason why it's good for you is because dealers more likely to bust. Your double downs are gonna be more effective. Um, you're more likely to get a blackjack. And um 
when the count gets really high, so you know how you never split tens in basic strategy? Yeah. So a card counter will split tens at a high enough count against the right numbers. Okay. <laughs> and then also, what about the... Um... Oh man, what about the uh, like tips? You mentioned earlier that like you weren't going to tip the guy until the end. So do you usually wait until the end to see how much you've won or lost, and then you'll tip them, or how do, how does your tipping usually go? So I'm kind of a I'm kind of a sucker. So I will tip dealers. Like most people won't. Well, I think most counters, at least serious counters, they don't want to tip a dealer because if you're giving away your bankroll, that just kind of chips away at your ev so you're gonna like want to keep as much as you can because you don't know if you're gonna have a losing streak but i i like to tip dealers at the end of a session unless if i'm like maybe like trying to convince the dealer to give me deeper penetration on the cut card because like if the dealer's really fast and like maybe their penetration isn't that good but i might be like hey like here's 10 bucks can you just like give me like a little bit more cards to play with right, well you but, literally ask them to yeah you can ask them but it might kind of give you away if you ask them but it, there's some dealers they know what you're up to if you're asking but they probably won't care honestly because they're getting paid minimum wage almost all of the time so like so like if someone gives them a tip for helping them out then they're gonna know like hey this guy is counting and if i if i cut deeper it's better for the counter because your your um edge goes even higher when the dealer goes more through the shoe yeah i I met some girl one time who worked at a casino near me, Sapoma, and she was saying how one of the dealers, I guess, would like intentionally. I think he would when he was when he was going to like deal out the cards, he would intentionally give good cards to people. Like he would switch it up so that they would tip him more. It was essentially like a cheater that was, or a, it was a dealer that was like, I don't know if I'd call it cheating, but like helping out the players so they would tip him more. And so, do you ever get into situations like that where like? a dealer might like intentionally, well, it sounds like that's kind of a situation a little bit, but will ever help you out so that you tip them more type thing. That's probably pretty rare, right? I think, yeah, there's some dealers. They like, if they know basic strategy, they're allowed to tell you at most casinos because like basic strategy is still a losing game for the players. It's like the casino doesn't care, but like, yeah, I, I think some dealers will let you – well, I mean, you have all the time in the world to make your decision. But, like, if a dealer's trying to help you out, they might be less pushy to tell you to make a decision. Like, if you're holding up the table, like, let's say, like, oh, like, dealer's got um, an ace. Like, are we going to do insurance? And so, like – Sometimes I like to think about what I'm going to do because I got to I got to look at how many cards have been dealt and I'm like, okay, is this going to be worth buying? And some dealers, what they'll do 
is they'll just like flip it over right away. Like just assume no one's going to buy insurance. I've, I've gotten fucked so many times by that actually. Like I had like probably like I had like my biggest bet out possible and like I was going to grab chips and they already flipped the cards over. I was like, I was going to buy that. And now I can't buy it because you already showed the card. So, but yeah, yeah I was so actually, like, yeah, I was, was actually that? one, I was wondering about that. If there was a way to like, kind of, that was one thing that I was going to ask you was not only do dealers ever help out, but is there any overall, I guess you could call it even like advantage play kind of like whole carding where it's almost like, but one thing that I was wondering about was, was exactly that. Basically they call it in um, poker. They call it, um, I'm like forgetting what they call it. There's like a really common term in poker for like when you kind of like, I don't know why I'm forgetting this term, but um, because I play poker, I know poker all terms all the time, but it's basically like if somebody like, like fakes like he's going to do something to get like to get a it's angling so i was kind of wondering if there's a way to like almost like angle a blackjack dealer like one one example i know this sounds like super cheap but one example would be like like if they do what you just said where it's like they they assume that like they assume you're going to stay on like a 19 or 18 so they don't even like question it and they move on but then you see that you lose so then you're like whoa wait like I was going to hit that or whatever. Same thing with what you just said. Like if they assume you're not going to take insurance and then after you see that, that you now want insurance, like, do you, do you kind of see what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Yeah. So what some dealers will do with like insurance, for example, is like, all right, that, they're like, they like take the card, like you get to buy it. Okay. And then they flip the card over. Or they, although they will check it before. So you can't, like, so the dealer can't even check if they have a blackjack when you buy insurance. They'll, they'll flip the card sideways and then they'll, like, do this motion, make insurance. And then some people, they just, like, they just kind of, like, so there's, like, a, I guess, like, a way to angle it. Like, they can't help you out. Like, that's cheating. Like cheating's illegal, but like they can give you all the time in the world that you need to buy it. But like some dealers are just kind of like they just want to get the rounds per hour out. Like just yeah, but like, do you see what out. I'm saying? Like a a situation where they're not intentionally cheating, but like let's just say they assume you're not going to take insurance, but then you realize oh after they show you that it's a negative result, you're like oh. I wanted insurance type thing. Oh uh, yeah, you know what once I mean? it, yeah, once it's been done, it's been done. Okay, you, you can't, can't like overrule you can't, it. You can't. Well, even if they didn't ask you, like, even mm-hmm. if they just kind of like assumed whatever. Yeah. So like, if a dealer, so like the reason why you do a hand motions, like you do like you tap for a hit and you wave yeah. off. The reason why you do that is because they got cameras rolling at all times. Yeah. And so like, if there's like a discrepancy, they can go back and look at the footage and be like, oh, he didn't even signal. So like, what like the pit boss will let you do, like they'll usually just take your bet back. Or like if the dealer screws up, let's say like the dealer accidentally skips you or like they accidentally, they're, I will actually, tell you a story what happened one time 
with me, this actually did happen. So I had my hand dealt to me and the dealer accidentally skipped me and started hitting her cards. I was like, wait, like you didn't like let me play. And so she flipped over both her cards and I saw both the cards, right? And this is when I was going to stay on too. Because uh, I think I had like a, I think I had like a 17. And then the dealer had like 18. And so the pick this off is, this, is like, this is what I'm, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. 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 So like, so like I had a 17 and the dealer had an 18. So the pit boss is like, Hey, like you can take your bet back since you got skipped or you can hit it. And so I decided to take my bet back. Cause I was probably going to bust a 17 if I was going to hit it. Yeah. But yeah. So that does. Yeah. Usually like, I guess like, the best way possible to or the closest way possible you're gonna get to angling and blackjack would be like if the if the dealer screws up yeah well what i was referring to wasn't even really like a screw up like there have been situations yeah. where a dealer will just assume what i'm going to do based on how i've been playing so let's just say yeah. i have a set let's just say i have a 17 and they know i'm playing by the book they'll literally just kind of like, without me even doing anything, they'll just kind of skip me assuming that I'm going to stay. Or maybe maybe even like yeah. an 18. They'll be a like, I know you're going to stay. Yeah. A lot of times they of, do that just to speed up, speed up the game, I'm assuming. Right. So I yeah. was wondering exactly what you said was, can I just, can I say, hey, I didn't even make a movement on that. Can I redo yeah. that? Yeah, you and can go back and say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah, so that, sure. that kind of like leads to the next question, which is, is there any other type of, because card even though you said card counting is easy, it's also probably hard, I would assume, like for a lot of people to do it. But is there any other advantage play type things that you could do um, in the casino to, this is kind of like a random question too, but like I heard on this podcast one time and the podcast is like a comedy podcast. So it was kind of like a joke, but some guy, they had some guy call in and he actually figured out a way to like be like, um, uh, what's that place called? Uh, like Dave and Buster's or whatever, because yeah. like he like he was so good at the games that like he would he would pay less for the items and he would win more. Yeah. Like for one, I don't know if you know anything about that, but when they call that advantage play, so when when you guys refer to blackjack as an advantage play, do you know anything other ways to beat the casino or even like a? I know it sounds kind of funny, but like. A Dave and Buster's or anything. Uh, <laughs> now that I'm actually asking that question, it just sounds so stupid, but mainly casinos. But um, any other advantage play ways to beat a casino? Um, do you know of any? Or just like, I guess the best advice for someone who's like going to a casino to play blackjack or whatever, what's some good advice that they can use to kind of like beat it? Someone like me who like, knows how to play by the book too or whatever right so i guess there's many different approaches let's say so i guess let's start off at the easiest thing that you can do and that's like if you're not a card counter and you don't care about the casino having your name like just getting like a player's club card and what they normally do is that like they like let you get some free play on it so like Let's say like you go to Vegas or like anywhere and like the best 
the best machines that you can play on are usually video poker if the pay tables are good. And like I used to be super into video poker for a while. And video poker, like you play by yourself and you try to draw to the best hand possible. And I forgot what the house edge is on a good pay table, but I want to say it's like 99% payback percentage, something like that. And like usually like you want to play with your plays card if you're doing that. And like there's usually like a multiplier that the casino will do like once a week. And like usually that's that like brings you to like a break even game with like all the points and the food comps. And like some casinos, they give you like a lot of like comps if you play a lot or like they give you points that turn into free play. And then like you can get like free food out of it, all that stuff. And for me as a card counter, I only use the player's club card at my local casino that I got a lot of hours in because I didn't get trespassed where everyone else was getting trespassed. And I was able to play a lot. And it, it kind of looked like I was a problem gambler because I've come so often. And I was getting all these points and I was getting free food. And I was actually kind of like living off of this free food for a while. Cause like they'd give me like usually like like two to six free $25 vouchers like every two weeks. And and like I'd usually like bring like a buddy over and we could easily like get two meals at a discounted price because I have the club card and I had the voucher. And then like if it goes over, I can just use my points to pay out the rest. And like, honestly, at this casino, the points kind of suck. But because I was an AP, I was able to keep generating all these points without losing my money. And so like, it's just kind of like extra money is like, I was like making like an extra like dollar or two an hour just by playing with these points. And so like, even like if I had a losing streak, I was still making money from the points. Yeah. I was when I was playing poker at Pachanga near me, I was doing that where they were I, I ended up having like a ton of free food comps. I think it was like even like more than I actually like wanted. And so I was like, I'd go there with a friend and be like, hey, do you, do you want some free food? <laughs> because it's like I have all these, <laughs> yeah, all these fucking comps, you know? Me. Yeah. And then um, let's see, what are some other questions? Um, oh, yeah. As far as like the, the video poker goes. Was there a certain strategy that you were using or, or to beat that? Like, is that actually beatable, the video poker? Uh, no, video poker is not really. Well, there, I don't know a whole lot about advantage play video poker, but I think it's mostly about getting points and like hoping for multiplier days where they give you an extra amount of points on certain days. Uh, but like video poker, like the, there's only one game that I know of that on video poker that's actually like beatable. It's like a super special one, and I don't think it's offered that much anymore. It's like a like a hundred and one percent payback percentage. I forgot which variation. Let me look it up real quick. I think I know what it is. And then what were you saying the the percentage was for video poker is it also like blackjack like negative negative one percent that you lose 
blackjack's basic strategy it's like minus 0.5 normally what about video poker though uh, a video poker yeah there's like different variations of it like there's the most basic one is jacks are better yeah Let me look it up. What's the I have heard that video poker is beatable if you're doing like the exact right, making like the exact right decisions or whatever. Uh, so like most of the games, if you play perfectly on video poker, you're gonna get like a high 99% point something payback percentage. So yeah, um, like if you can if you can go, and this is mainly for Vegas, but they don't give free drinks here. They probably don't get free drinks in Washington either, right? No, they don't. I thought they did, but they don't. But yeah, if you can, yeah. if you can go in Vegas and like play for eight hours or whatever, however long you want to play, get like free drinks, comps, and you're also like kind of barely a loser because you're playing by the book or whatever. It's not mm-hmm. that bad. Plus, you're getting like free hotel rooms and all that. Oh yeah. But um, there's just a few more questions I have. One was. I was going to ask the last guy, but I forgot on the podcast. Do you think that blackjack tournaments are beatable? Because I was kind of thinking if I play in a blackjack tournament and they're all playing badly and I'm playing by the book, I was kind of thinking maybe I would have an edge there. Do you think there's a possibility of that or no? Ooh, blackjack tournament. I, I've heard about people playing. I don't exactly know how those run down because they like kind of like when you play blackjack normally, you're playing against the casino. But, like, when it comes to, like, a tournament, you're kind of, like, playing against everybody. And you're just kind of trying to, like, lose the least. But, like, you kind of – it's kind of luck when it comes to tournament. I think there are legitimate strategies when it comes to a tournament. But, like, I don't think a – I don't think a tournament is usually worth it unless the prize is, like, a lot of money for first place. And then what about, I, but doesn't that make sense though? Like if I, if I go to a blackjack tournament, I'm playing by the book and like, let's just say the other guys don't know what they're doing and they're just, they suck yeah. or whatever. It seems like I would have a little bit of an advantage because of that. I could be wrong. It could be totally different, but. In the long run. Yes. If everyone else doesn't know what they're doing, like if you play in a bunch of tournaments, cause like people could be doing stuff not by the book and it still works out just that one instance, or even like a few times it could like they could do the wrong thing and it works out for them. Yeah. And then what about online blackjack? Do you think that's beatable at all or not? I would imagine it's not, right? No. Like there's no, there's no card counting online. Not really. Because no, okay. so, so you know how I mentioned earlier how like most casinos they do six decks and like the more decks there are, the harder it is for counter to win. Yeah. So what online casinos do is they usually play with eight decks and they don't have as many good rules that give you an edge. And um, what else? They, the, when they cut off the, the, how much you play, they cut it in half, which is basically unbeatable. What do you mean how much you play? Like, so like, Normally, when like let's say if you're like playing like a like a six or eight deck game, like if they cut it off one deck, that's pretty. It's that's beatable. 
but if they cut it in half like they only play like three decks on a shoe game on a six six deck shoe game like that's going to be impossible to beat or really hard to beat it seems like casinos why don't casinos just start doing that then like if if they know that people are trying to count cards why don't they just make it unbeatable by like by cutting half the desk or whatever you know what i mean because they're gonna be because they make more money from from like normal people who don't count cards more than they lose to counters and if they cut it in half they're gonna shuffle way more often which is gonna lose money if they're not playing at all because like you want to okay because you just just go through the deck faster right yeah, you get to go through the deck faster and you get to shuffle more and you get to end up losing a lot of people that way. And like, it's, it's just like, and like a lot of people get to complain about it. They're like, oh, they shuffle way too often and uh, we're barely even playing. And that's annoying when like they, well, that's the thing with poker that's kind of annoying is like they, they shuffle literally every hand and it's just like, it can be yeah. so slow, you know? But yeah. um yeah, I played at poker places where like they had like an automatic shuffler, and that's so nice. Yeah, yeah. and same with blackjack, because most casinos they at least the ones I played at, they hand shuffle, but some casinos they have automatic shufflers and it's ready to go because they have one shoe that they'll play with, and then they'll have another shoe underneath the table that they pull out and it's ready to usually they have to shuffle that one if it's hand shuffled but if it's an automatic shuffle shuffler then they just put it in there and have it shuffle while the other shoes being played so yeah, why don't uh, why don't they just do that at blackjack why don't they just like constantly be shuffling like why don't they like shuffle one deal one and then have the other one just ready to go boom i talking about like if they have one shuffling while the other one's being dealt yeah and they just constantly like it seems like they could just do that then you wouldn't be able to count cards at all right oh yeah so there are machines it's called a continuous shuffling machine yeah and like usually after like a a few hands they put all the decks back in so it's like always shuffling so like you never know what card's gonna come out yeah that's yeah that that that's a thing at a lot of places too. Yeah. Starting to become more apparent in Vegas. And I've seen, I know there's a couple of places in Washington that have continuous shuffling machines. But yeah, I this think is because, kind of, yeah. The, it, it's because I think there's like extra regulation on those machines and you always have to have a tech on, on, the, on the job ready to repair it. So you, you got to hire somebody to fix it if they break. Yeah. What know? about, this is yeah. kind of a stupid question too, but what about like magic? Like, you know how, like, like if you, you know how there's like people who are like really good at magic where they can just like, it's like everything is like sleight of hand. Like, do you, have yeah. you ever looked into that at all? Like where you can like do sleight of hand type stuff and just like trick the casino and like, like no. kind of like switch cards or whatever. No, no, that's cheating. I know it's cheating, but it's like I don't honestly really care. Like if I get away with cheating at the casino, I'm fine with it. I know that you'll be punished, but like there's so much shit that they do that like is so unfair. You know what I mean? That it's like any type of edge, I would just like 
I mean, I have I haven't ever really cheated, but um, but I I've heard of that kind of stuff with poker where like, oh yeah, people will, like do fake shuffle or like card up your sleeve type stuff. Like I've never done it. I'm just wondering if it if if because I would I would imagine if somebody's like a good enough magician like um, I forgot his name, John, um, what one of those Chris Angel or whatever. I'm sure that they could probably just like do shit that like the casino doesn't even catch. You know what I mean? No, casinos they have preventative measures. Like if you're playing on a shoe game where they have the cards dealt face up, then you're not even allowed to touch the cards at all for any reason. And if you're doing a pitch game where you have to touch it, you're only allowed to touch it with one hand. And like if if you like start touching with two hands, they like start yelling at you, like only one hand on the on the cards. Yeah, so what uh, about what's up? Oh, I was about to say in the the double deck games, they usually they change the cards every two hours and and then they rip it and burn it. They don't even let the cards get out. So what about crazy stories? Like you said you've never really been kicked out or anything, but do you have any other crazy like heater stories where like you just went on some i mean i guess that that one story you had in vegas was pretty crazy you won seven thousand in an hour but any other crazy stories while playing blackjack i i've got a good amount of stories like i see a lot of compulsive gamblers just blow through so much money and it's it's really sad to watch sometimes because like you can't really stop someone from gambling away their life savings away pretty crazy yeah yeah i think the worst some of the worst people that you see are the elderly people like a lot of old people will just like they'll just like lose all their money i remember there's this one lady and i I did a 12-hour session this lady had to leave and come back to her house three times that same day to keep getting money and she's like Man. she's like she's like this is like the last bit of my money i was like i was like why are you still here but a lot of casinos they they will send a shuttle bus to retirement homes right on their on the what's it called medicare check or whatever what's what's it called social security day right on social security day they'll yeah. send a shuttle bus right when they had that money <laughs> Oh man, that's sad. But what what about so you? Sad. Do you have do you have any crazy stories yourself in terms of like uh, heaters or coolers? You know those terms, right? Heater and cooler. A heater, like when you get heat from the from the pit boss, or no, like a situation where you just ran it up, like it's a hot streak of like winning or, oh. or losing, or maybe like starting with a thousand going down to like a hundred or whatever, and then going back up. Do you have any? But you just said you played for 12 hours. So, like, do you have yeah. any crazy, like, yeah, session I stories? I was definitely chasing losses that day. I played. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, this all happened in, like, a week. So, there's one day. I was like, okay, I'm just going to get, like, an hour or two in today. Like, I'll make some money. And then, like, I'm, like starting to slowly lose money throughout the day and i was like this is not going as planned like my bankroll is just kind of diminishing and so like i play until like 
five o'clock that evening and I'm like down like a thousand dollars and like okay like I was up 500 and now I'm down a thousand so I, I go use my food comp get some dinner come back I was like all right I'm ready to go again and then I played until like midnight or one in the morning so I was down like about maybe like three thousand dollars but then I finally get the golden shoe and then like I'm just like winning like hundred dollars here hundred fifty dollars here accounts going high splitting tens going crazy and like all right now I'm up five hundred dollars I'm good for the day I'm out of here <laughs> I'm tired but yeah you should never play when you're tired by the way it's not a good yeah. idea yeah I've had I've had similar stories playing poker and I haven't been in a while I, I normally go to this casino morongo and near me and um i haven't been in a while honestly i kind of thought about going tonight just because i haven't been really in a while and right play some like limit but i don't know if you know about poker at all but it's like there's limit no limit and like the limit games tend to be just like super soft like three six four eight or whatever right so like, i was thinking about like going limit. it's not pot limit there's pot limit omaha which is like you can only uh, bet the amount like that the candy. pot is right that's that's for omaha but for for hold them there's like limit and no limit no limit i could bet like anything at any time and then limit you can only bet like three dollars or six dollars or whatever so you get a bunch of people who are like honestly like kind of like old people who like don't really know what they're doing playing that game and it's it's i mean i, I mean it's it seems to be pretty beatable but i, I had a few sessions where like i i went up playing one two no limit if if i would go up like five hundred dollars or something like something around that amount then i would like at the end of the night like around two in the morning or whatever i would bring that to the blackjack table and then take like 100 or 200 and play right. that and see if i can run that up but i had a couple of sessions where i you know as you know you can you can win a lot or lose a lot of blackjack it's a crazy game i mean it's a yeah yeah it's honest it's like the equivalent crazy. to like it's like the equivalent to doing like i've never done cocaine but like i would imagine it's the equivalent to doing like cocaine or something it's like honestly that's a good analogy it's, I mean, it's aggro, and especially if you're playing like heads up, which, yeah, yeah. The would you prefer crazy. to play heads up, or would you prefer to have a full table, or what? Always, like, if I'm gonna get no heat, like, if I don't need to do any cover, like, a hundred percent of the time, I'd rather play heads up. The reason being is because the it, it goes faster. And if the count gets high, I'm going to have more hands where I'm playing at a good count. And so, like, I'm going to get, like, a whole lot more. Because, like, I, if I, like, play at a full table and, like, like let's say, like, I'm playing with, like, four other people at the table, like, I'm, I could make, like, like, at a $25 table, like, I could probably make, like, only, like, $10 an hour. But if I'm playing heads up, like I can make like a hundred dollars plus an hour. Is it kind of hard to keep the track though? If it's just you and the dealer and like, is it kind of more obvious since there's nobody around you for them to see that you're like, kind of like what you're doing? Uh, I mean, it, yeah, you do get a more attention on you. Like even if the pit boss isn't watching, there's the camera in the sky that's going to see everything. But like you can go as fast as you need to go. Like, there's no timer on 
each hand you play, like you can take however long you want to to play. Yeah. It's funny because there's been times too when I've played once again by the book. I I, I think that I mastered the book, which is pretty easy, you know. But um there was times when I was playing heads up like late at night and I would either be on a cooler or a heater or whatever. And the problem that I had with the game is like, like the obvious problem with blackjack is I just never knew how much to bet. Like with poker, you have your hand, so you can say, okay, I right. want to bet five, 10, 15, or not bet at all and just fold. Right. With blackjack, the fact that you have to put out your bet first, like I'm always like, okay, I'm up like $500. Does this mean I want to like up my bet or lower my bet? Or I, I never really know. Right. So that I so it would be just me and the, me and a dealer heads up, and it would literally, I I would like I would literally have just won a bunch of money or maybe lost or whatever, and they'd be like kind of waiting on me, and I'd be like, "What do I do now? How much do I bet now?" You know. Great. But one of the last questions I had was, um, "What do you think the state of blackjack is? Um, do you think that it's the?" Like once again to ask this question, do you think that it's a good game to try and get into for somebody like me? Honestly, from my perspective, and I've talked with other people about it, mostly poker players and friends and stuff, but they say it's not worth it because of the fact that the casinos will kick you out if they think that you're doing it. So have they cracked down to the point where it's just getting harder and harder, or do you think it's def- it's still beatable? Oh, it's a hundred percent beatable. Yeah. And one other thing that I was thinking about too was I live near like probably 10 casinos. So if one of them kicked me out, right. I just go to the next one. You know what I mean? And like each right. what I would probably do is yeah. probably just go to one. I would probably switch casinos every time. And that way right. they just wouldn't recognize me, you know? Yeah. You can go in a rotation because there's some people who get, he'll get like backed up and kicked out of a casino but like if they don't get trespassed, that they don't have their name, like just come back in like a couple months or like even if they like get a picture of you or something like you can come back in like half a year and like just hit up all the other casinos that are nearby you. Couldn't you come in like a disguise too? like not like an obvious disguise, but like just, you know, like have some sort of like big wig and like put on like a mustache and a beard or or just kind of like disguise yourself a little bit you know what i mean yeah there, there's a lot of ap's that will do that and i've suggested it to people because i there's this one guy he um he needed help with with like um getting a test out so i helped him out and like most counters like they usually are like white or asian and so like that's like the stereotypical one but this guy, he was like this really tall black dude with dreads. And like, he's like, dude, I get backed off everywhere I go. Oh, damn. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I didn't even think about that. Like, he'd probably stick out like a sore thumb because like, because like most of the counters are like described as like a, is like a nerdy white guy who's probably in college or something like <laughs> buying Well, that's kind of, yeah. That's kind of like what's weird about it, though. Like, you wouldn't think they, I would think that the opposite, like, they wouldn't expect him to be card counting. They would expect somebody like you to be card counting. So it's weird that they go after him. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Cause like I I think I don't know if it's like it was if it's like the way he's spreading too. Cause like if you spread bigger, it might bring more attention. Cause if you go like from like a five dollar bet to like two hands of like three hundred, that's gonna bring a lot of attention. Like that he could have. I think he from when I did my test out, he would do like he would kind of overbet it, so it was kind of like a giveaway. But yeah, but like. If they get your picture or your ID, they can share it with other casinos. And there's databases, too, that some casinos participate in. And they can enter your name and put a picture of you in it. And then, like, other casinos can pull that up and be like, hey, like, we don't want you here either. Like, they can back you off before you even sit down at a table. Yeah, I don't, like, I feel like the, a lot of the Vegas casinos are, like, connected. So if you get banned from one, they'll ban you from another. Yeah, like if you get banned from MGM property, you can get banned from all of them. Yeah. So have you ever have you ever gone as like a team? You know how I'm sure you've heard of those like teams that go in or whatever. Have you ever done it with a friend where like you yeah. try and like signal each other or whatever? Yeah, yeah. I had a buddy and I we kind of did it when we were both trying to help each other out with like trying to get us both to the long run quicker. Like he would like sit down at a table and like send me text message if the account got to like let's say like a three or something. Like we tried to do that on the eight deck game and it turned into like me just waiting around, kind of waiting for a message. <laughs> so that didn't work out. But we how was he up, signaling like, you? Was he like met like text messaging you? Yeah, he just like send like a quick test text message you would just like, like look at your phone but sometimes they don't even yeah. want you to look at your phone right yeah you're not allowed to be on your phone at the at the table but like let's say like the hand is over like you can quickly like send a text like hey it's like at a whatever count it is or like there's like one thing i try to do when i playing teams like i would like try to like i would like make my chips flush like have them all line up and then so you know how like they looks like a green chip would have like white and pink on it or something like that i'd like try to line up the lines and then like i would like shuffle it if the account got high enough or something like that yeah like i i had kind of like given up on learning blackjack card counting but now that i've talked to you in the last guy i'm like i don't know maybe i actually can do it you know but yeah. um yeah I mean, it's, it's worth a shot. And the main issue that I have is when I go, I like to play like $5 minimum and they actually do have that, but it's like only yeah. Saturday and Sunday night near me at Moranga. And it's only for like a certain period of time. Cause you know how like recently they've really up the ante, like the casino that I went to last speaking of the comps, me and my girlfriend signed up and we got um buy one, get one free, like buffet at this casino near me. <laughs> And it was like, I went to go check out Blackjack and it's like, they had like one $25 table men and then one, and then like, I think it was like a 150 and the rest were like, they had like free bet games and all that kind of stuff. The other yeah. games and free bet is a form of Blackjack though, right? It is. Or what is free bet? Yeah. Free bet. It's a version of Blackjack, but the house edge is twice as much as regular Blackjack. How does it work? Is it the one where like, I forgot how it works. I feel like I played it, but so every single nine, ten, a hard nine, ten, and eleven, it's a free double, and then 
every single pair except for tens is a free split. It's one of those things where it tricks you into thinking like it's good, but it's really bad. Yeah, because like, so like, I mean, like if like the basic strategy for that, like you're going to want to split and double everything. And, um, but the dealer will push on 22. So there's like so many times where like, I like split up to four hands and I doubled a couple of them. And like, um, and the dealer ends up getting 22. Whereas like, if I did that in like regular blackjack, like I would have won like, let's say like, as like a $10 original bet. Like, um, then I would have gotten like what, 60 bucks, but instead I get zero. So it's like that. And then also like in like normal blackjack, if you're gonna split, like you, like it's worth putting money down for. So like, why would you wanna do it for free at a disadvantage? Yeah, Does some of these sense? other, yeah, some of these other games like, wait, sorry, what was that last part? It didn't make sense the last part. So, like, anytime you put down extra money in blackjack, it's when you're going to get an advantage from it or better odds of winning, in a sense. But, like, in free bet, like, you just get to do for everything. Like, yeah, that helps you out, but, like, it just kind of, like, it doesn't really help you out that much. Yeah, that was my point. Like, it when I first heard about it, I was like, I could split or double anything for free. I'm like, that sounds rad, but obviously it's not. Yeah. A lot of these other games that they, that they offer like free bet and then like whatever else those table games are, like whenever I've played them, they've just been so fucking like shitty. And it's a, even with blackjack, like me and my friend, we were going and playing blackjack and poker for a while. And it like, just didn't even appear. Like obviously I had, I had good nights and I had bad nights, but some of the nights are just so fucking bad, even though it's supposed to be 50 50 that you're just like, man, this is like brutal. And like when you have one of those bad nights where you just lose, lose every hand and every time they show a 10 and there's just nothing you can do. It's like, right. And that, yeah. That leads into the question of, do you, have you ever gone in on, we, in poker, we call it tilt where you like, you just get stressed out and like, you just like, can't play anymore like you start like blowing money because like you're so irritated has that ever happened to you or like you just can't count anymore because like it's so yeah. like the deck's so bad that you're just like fuck like yeah so if you're a really good counter um if like the shoe starts going into like a negative count there's this term that we call when you step out of the shoe it's called wonging out because a guy named Stanford Wong, he like kind of invented this idea. Cause um in so in Atlantic I've heard about City, that. Yeah, so in Atlantic City, like they had a lot of lawsuits and they basically made it so that they couldn't back off card counters, but they have made like a bunch of countermeasures to prevent card counters from playing. So what this guy would do, he would just like wong in. Like when the count was good and like when it was bad, he'd just go out. So like he couldn't spread, but he could just go in and out whenever it was a convenience for him. But so like, yeah, like if the shoe starts going bad, then you're going to want to wong out, obviously. But I, I, yeah, there are counters that 
definitely have fallen to going on tilt for sure. We're like, oh, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to bet more than usual at this count. And then, yeah, like they like like just because the shoe is at an advantage for a player doesn't mean it's a guaranteed win. And that's a that's a I it's kind of a fallacy that a lot of card counters fall to because they don't realize how much of an edge they have because even when you have an edge, it can be really thin. So, but yeah, that's why, that's why we got bet spreads. We have to stick to them because like, if you just like going from like one hand at the table minimum to like two hands of like table max at a very low count, like you're not going to have a lot of breathing room. So that's one thing that we try to teach each other is to stay disciplined. And like, if we get mad or frustrated, like just take a break, get some water or eat some food. So you go as a, you go with a, as a group with like friends or whatever, and you guys all like, or like you have friends that you talk to about it. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, we network. Yeah. yeah. Blackjack card counters. We network a lot. And, but like we avoid playing with each other at the same table. Yeah. Because, so yeah. How much so? Okay. So you started basically this year. I think you said what did you say January to like April or that you learned, and then you started playing in around what yeah. April or something. Yeah, I'd say I truly became an advantage player around April. Okay, and so you really have only played six months maybe right and you said you were making about a hundred an hour um yeah i definitely don't think you should quit if you're making a hundred an hour uh but how much did you win over that period of time roughly Ooh. so if i i used i used my bankroll to pay for a lot of bills and stuff i should have i should have not paid off a lot of debts all at once like i did with it but I want to say from card counting, probably made it like an extra fifteen to $20,000 this year, honestly. Damn, yeah. If you, could, if you could try and talk your girlfriend into letting you play more, I think that would be ideal. If you could, I mean, it seems like if you could prove to her that you're winning, not losing. But so, yeah, um, I have to wrap, wrap things up here. But um, yeah. You're in the military, right? So have you ever have you ever um, gone overseas or anything? Or are you mainly just like stationed in your area? No, I'm just stationed in my area. And you're you're a you're a reserve or I'm reserve. But it's reserve full time? Yeah. So I just went on orders to work on on the weekdays for um, to maintain these vehicles at my unit, basically, because Cause we're there only once a month and these vehicles need to be maintained weekly or daily. So, so it is, yeah. it is still full time, even though you're like reserve. Yeah. But I still have to show up at the drills that are monthly, which sucks. Okay. But Well, so what's the difference between you being full-time reserve and like a full-time it's the army, right? Yeah. So like full-time the, army or whatever. Yeah. So the like active duty like you're gonna get weekends off in federal holidays and i get weekends off in federal holidays 
But reserve soldiers, they show up once a month for their drill. So I also have to show up for that because I still belong to the reserve component. So. I mean, is there a difference between like someone like you who's reserved full time and somebody who is like actually overseas or whatever? Like, or, or could you just be overseas? You're just not right now. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, anyone. So there's like three different branches, I guess, or I guess components of the army, which is the which is the reserve, which is part of the big army. And then um, there's the National Guard, which is basically for the state, but it's still the army also. And then there's active duty. But any three of those can go overseas and get like activated onto a deployment. Or like they can get activated for like any kind of full-time position really. And so like, how do I explain this? So yeah, basically anyone could go overseas and they'd be treated the same because we're all expected to be capable of the same missions as each other. But like when you sign up, you can sign up for either, you can be like, I want to sign up for full-time reserve, full-time active duty, or the other one, national, was it National Guard or? Yeah. Yeah. So there, yeah, there are positions where you can sign up like full-time to work for any one of these components. If you're a reserve soldier, like in my position that went into full-time, like this isn't permanent. This is just like for like a few months. So you think eventually yeah. you will go full-time? Yeah. Yeah. So I okay. am working full-time right now, but I'm only doing it for like half a year. And then what are you going to do? And then I'm going to go back to working only once a month at my unit. Unless if I reapply for these orders. But I mean, at that point, when you go back to once a month, are you, would you have to get like another job or? Yeah. So like a civilian job. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was working as a caregiver before for my civilian job. All right. Well, thanks for your service, by the way. And um, thank you for your support. Yeah, no problem, man. And then, um, the last question that I ask everybody is, are there any good podcasts you listen to or movies or TV shows that you want to plug? Sometimes the people that I talk to have their own podcast and you could either go into like podcasts about blackjack or, or anything that you just like or movies and TV shows too. Um, well, I don't know anyone personally with the podcast, but I know um, there's this podcast it talks about all sorts of advantage gambling. There's a lot of blackjack players, but there's also like poker players that they bring on as a guest. Um, and I forget what other games, but it's usually advantage players that they bring on. And it's called Gambling with an Edge. Yeah, I've listened to a little bit of that one. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah. And then what about like movies or TV shows? I don't watch a whole lot of movies or TV shows, to be honest. Yeah, no problem. It's kind of just like a random question that I throw out at the end, mostly just because I'm always looking for podcasts, movies, and TV shows. Just, there's just not enough good movies and TV shows out there, in my opinion. There's a ton, but there's not enough good ones that I like to watch. So I always just tend to ask that. But anyways, yeah, I'm on YouTube. And, and, <laughs> 
Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I'm to- I'm more of a YouTube guy. But it's like if you if you get bored of something within five minutes, you can just shut it off and go to the next thing, you know? Right. All right, Andre. Well, thanks for coming on. And like I said, I hope you uh, get back to those blackjack tables. And if I have any other questions, I guess I'll just message you on um, Reddit. Yeah. Actually, I did. Unless there's anything a, more that you wanted to say, yeah. I did just think of a really good TV show. Do you have Peacock? Yeah, we do actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you watched Mr. Mercedes? My girlfriend did, and she liked it. Yeah, I so, would recommend you watch that. Yeah. One other one that's kind of related to that in the sense that they're both serial killers is Dahmer. I, I'd recommend to watch Dahmer on Netflix. Have you heard about that one? I've heard about it, but I haven't watched it. It's intense. It's, it's intense, but it's good. That's okay. probably the last one that I watched that's like the serial killer type. That was really good. But anyways, okay. yeah, yeah, thanks for coming on, and uh, hopefully we can keep in touch on uh, on Reddit, on the Blackjack yeah. uh, subreddit. So you're still on the Blackjack subreddit a good amount, like still kind of like talking on there and stuff? Oh, yeah, I'm always bitching on there at people. <laughs> what are you bitching about? Uh, I don't know. Sometimes people just say some stupid shit on there, and like, I, I don't know. Are there I, a lot I, of people that... Send you screenshots. <laughs> Are there a lot of people that just don't know what they're doing who like to pretend they know what they're doing? Yeah, they think that like they've like cracked the code based off <laughs> anecdotal evidence. I'm like, dude, like, yeah, yeah. I don't need to count cards. Like, I can just, I can just martingale. That's so much easier. Yeah, <laughs> it works and just, doesn't work. Just to make, just to, I, that was one other question I asked the last guy and I was going to ask you, but I skipped it because I feel like I already know the answer. But is there any form of betting pattern that is better than others? Or do you think all betting patterns just won't work in the end? Betting patterns don't work unless if you have an infinite amount of money and even like tables have a maximum. So, like, once you get to that max, like, how the hell are you going to get past that? But even when you get past that, you need to have, like, an infinite amount of money. And also, they only work at, like, a break-even game. What do you mean by break-even? Like a 50% chance of winning, basically. Is there any break-even game? I don't think there is any break-even game, is there? Unless you get to a point where you can break even a blackjack, I guess. I think uh, Baccarat. Is a break-even game, but like the casino takes money every time you win. Like a rake or something? Yeah, kind of like a rake. Okay. So basically, unless you can find a break-even game, no betting patterns work? Nope. All right. Otherwise, casinos wouldn't let you do it. <laughs> yeah, they'll stop anything that'll work. All right, Andre, thanks for coming on. Once again, I'll, uh, I'll hopefully, I'll find you in the blackjack subreddits yeah you'll probably see me there yeah or I'll, or I'll just i'll hit you up after i'll message you on there after yeah i'm sure. just gonna i'm just gonna end the recording all right sweet